and welcome back to the Championship Crowd Podcast. I'm Chris Durkin and I want to thank you for the great positive feedback from last week. We really enjoyed that podcast. Of course, I'm joined by Adam. We've got a different time slot this week, Friday, 11am. So we hope that you're listening in. I'll come to you, Adam. We've changed the time slot so that we can talk about the Easter games. How was your Easter break? Uh, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a good weekend. Obviously, all the rules changing. Obviously, good to sort of meet up with, uh, with friends and family and uh, got to watch Norwich pick up four points over the weekend. And obviously, we're recording this after last night. And uh, yeah, I've, I've seen worse games, put it that way. Yeah, well, we'll discuss that in a minute. I'm, I'm pleased about the rule changes coming up. For anyone listening or watching on YouTube, you'll probably notice a needing for a haircut. Fingers crossed I'll be able to get one next week when that's allowed. Um, But going back onto the championship, and we had a great podcast last week in terms of hearing from the different fans uh, where they think their teams are going to finish this year in either automatic positions, playoffs, or the relegation scrap. So today we're going to focus more in-depthly on those teams, look at their results from the weekend, and then later on, as usual, we're going to preview a few games coming up this weekend. So, Adam, you mentioned it. We'll come to you first. You want to talk about it. 7-0 last night, so on Tuesday night, against Huddersfield for Norwich. And they also drew against Preston on Good Friday. Yeah, so so we came into that Preston game, obviously, it was a couple of weeks back now. I spoke about Daniel Farker's sort of grievance to the uh, EFL in terms of where they scheduled this game. And we ended up starting pretty much a second-string team. I think our back... Our back four was made up of three players who have only played about eight appearances all season combined. So it wasn't our strongest, strongest 11. But we actually went into that game and we outplayed Preston. Pookie just wasn't quite on his usual form, had sort of about five or six chances. And usually he'd bury at least like three or four of them. And it just wasn't his day. And uh, so he got the goal through Buendia, quality strike. You know, that's what we come to expect from him. Uh, well, he got 12 goals and 15 assists now this season. So, you know, you, he, he's, he's the main man. And uh, Preston obviously got that that late equaliser under new management, under Frankie McAvoy, after Alex Neal's sacking. And then obviously, you know, with the other results going our way over the course of the weekend, obviously on the, on the Friday and also on Monday, you know, we came into this game last night sort of knowing that a win probably is the job done. I actually think if Norwich lose every single game in the rest of this season, I think they've done enough now because they're, what, 17 points clear of Brentford with only six games to go. Obviously, Brentford have seven games, but the maximum that Brentford can get is 21 points from them games. So there's just probably very limited, you know, chance that that's going to, they're going to catch Norwich now. So that was obviously a massive win and I was quite confident last night. You know, I sort of thought maybe a 3-0 win. Did I see it being seven? Probably not. But we just outplayed them. I mean, Huddersfield weren't on their game and Pookie, obviously, hat-trick. That's his first ever championship hat-trick, weirdly enough, which, you know, probably comes as a bit of a surprise when he's scored, I think it's now 54 goals in the championship uh, over sort of the two seasons he's played in that division. So, a bit of a surprise. He got his first ever hat-trick for in the championship for Norwich and uh, Wendia was pulling the strings. Campwell was outstanding. Kieran Dow chipped in and uh, it was just a, an all-round very good performance. Yeah, when I checked my phone at um, around 8.30ish, I... I was thinking it must have been a seven o'clock kickoff when I saw five nil. And then when, when it went seven nil, I was like, hang on a minute, it was only five nil at half time. Unbelievable performance from Norwich. I need to see the highlights for that because to be honest, I've just been staying away from the championship the last few days. We're gonna to come to Swansea in a minute. 
But Watford, a win and a draw. We're going to come to the Brentford and Swansea slipping up, but they probably look secure in second place. We heard from Andrew last week talking about he does think they're going to get it there. He wasn't so happy with the start of the season, but it has picked up and recently they've been getting results. They're now on 79 points, Brentford on 70 points. They won against Sheffield Wednesday 1-0 and in a 1-1 draw against Middlesbrough. How's their weekend gone, Adam? Yeah, I mean, I kind of said it last week. I think the defining sort of couple of games for Watford is that Middlesbrough game and that Reading game coming up on Friday, which we're going to talk about. Because to me, if they lose on Friday and Brentford win on the weekend, actually they're not secure in the automatics because obviously we've spoken about their fixture list coming up. Obviously, they've still got to play Brentford, Swansea, Norwich. You know, they're not very favourable games. So with Brentford's game in hand as well, I wouldn't say it's job done for them yet. I would say it's getting close to that. I think if they beat Reading on on, uh, Friday, I would say that probably is sort of job done for them for the season because obviously Brentford obviously slipped up again. So although probably not the best performance against Middlesbrough, but Middlesbrough away is never an easy place to go. Would you take a point at Middlesbrough before? Probably. So four points, not a bad weekend for them, especially when the other results have obviously gone their way. Yeah, I remember messaging you um, on Saturday after that 12.30 kickoff saying, Adam, mate, we're gonna still we're gonna still have a chance with Watford slipping up there. And with their fixtures, I was looking at it, they've got Reading and then they've got um Norwich, Brentford, Swansea to come. But then my hopes were shattered within minutes when the games at Breakup kicked off nil-nil towards the end of the game, and then had to be Scott Sinclair playing a part in the own goal. Matt Grimes scoring an own goal in the 90th uh, minute. Swansea losing 1-0 in the last minute of the game against Preston. Also happened on Friday night against Birmingham. Debatable penalty there. What's happened to us, Adam? I mean, it's ever since that Norwich game, I said it last, was it last week or the week before, ever since you beat us, you've just been on a massive decline. And I don't really know what I can put that down to, whether that's just sort of a bit of inexperience in sort of a fairly youthful youthful side or, or has Steve Cooper, you know, is his tactics wrong I mean has he changed tactics at all yeah so his tactics were traditionally gone for this five in the back that worked really well after lockdown coming back from the restart lockdown we changed the five in the back because of a few injuries and we did really well obviously we mounted the push for the playoffs last season did all right in those obviously lost to Brentford in the end in the semi-final and it just worked wonders this season and has up to this point when we've now lost um, well it was going into the Preston game three games in a row without scoring a goal. And Lee Bowyer, after the Birmingham game, said, we're too predictable. And he's probably right, because we're playing the same formation. But you've got to think about quite a lot of teams. You've got to believe in your formation that's worked wonders for the whole season. I think the issue of us as Swansea fans is we're used to the Swansea way. And we're not playing that Swansea way. We're not playing the passing football that gave us loads of plaudits um, in the Premier League. But... At this stage of the season, I don't think it's a time to go sack a manager or change a manager what people are saying. It's, we've got seven games left and we might as well just go out, play the formation that has got us to a position high up. We've got nothing to lose. I think we need to stick with the five in the back because four, four didn't even work. It's the players that are not playing as well. And we just need to click. We need to find that form that we're playing uh, well at the start of the season. And I think listening to another podcast last night, amazingly, 
we're actually three points better off than we were in the 2010 to 11 season when, of course, we finished third and then got promoted through the playoffs. So I think it's working out at the moment. We're in a position that it's a bit worrying we might not get into the playoffs. But even if we get if we even scrape into playoffs of playing a formation that we, we're not used to, then what's the point? Because we're going to lose in the playoffs. So I think we need to try to just get a few games into us, get familiar, get into the five in the back. Our players are so well used to it. I've got Norton and Gerhe, who are great centre-backs in terms of pushing up in those two middle things. Roberts is flying up the wing in left wing back. So I do think we are suited to that. Forget about the Swansea way. Of course, I'd love to watch that. But let's just get promoted for now and then let's come to that at the end of the season or just see how the season goes. But it is worrying. We might we might drop out of the playoffs, which is quite extraordinary. It is extraordinary, though. Uh, you're joined sort of on your dip of form by, by Brentford, who have also not really been hitting the heights they were at the start of the season. Obviously, Ivan Tony's not not scored now for a couple of games. And I don't know what's gone wrong there. What's gone wrong at Brentford, do you think? Yeah, I think Brentford's an interesting one. It's I think I got happy again when I saw Brentford on Saturday draw um, against first against Huddersfield and then and then he obviously drew last night against Birmingham. Uh, and it's it's an interesting one. It's it's a weird one. It's not like us that they're playing awfully. I think they, they are still playing well. I haven't really heard from their fan base in terms of they're playing dreadfully whilst you look at us, no shots on target last game, no goals in our last uh, four. They're, they're still playing all right. They're, they haven't really lost their form. It's just a guess towards the end of the season. We saw this last year. They do struggle. They do struggle. And it, it'll be interesting to see come their next few games, whether they can get a win or not. At the moment, I don't think it's worry stage for them, which is kind of a worry stage for us at the moment. I think drawing is still good. You're still ticking those points on. And if you're in a game and you realise you can't win it, then a draw is not that bad at this stage. They've got that buffer. So just keep ticking the points. And I think that's what we've struggled on. Maybe we thought, how have we not won this game in the last two games? If we take a two draws from them, we're, we're on 71 points and that's a comfortable position. So it, for Brentford, it's not been good results. But those two draws could cement them in the playoff position at come the end of the season and it could be crucial. Yeah, obviously, I think that sort of decline started. Obviously, they lost to Norwich, didn't they? And then and they went and beat Blackburn away with sort of a, a controversial penalty in the ninth minute there. And it's all, it's that Derby game for me where they would, was it 2-0 up midweek and looked like they'd probably got the job done. And then Derby went and clawed two goals back and they drew that game. And ever since then, it's been, well, four straight uh, four straight draws with uh, with that game. So, you know, it's, obviously they've not lost in five games, but, you know, would you, well, seven points picked up out of a possible 15 for a side that, you know, has aspirations of still trying to get in the automatics is probably probably not going to be enough because obviously Watford's form has just been relentless, even with that draw on, on Monday. You know, that's obviously Brentford have only managed to match that last night. So they're sort of they're slipping away, although they probably still got half a chance because they have that game in hand. I think for Brentford, they probably have to win every single game they've got left this season and hope that Watford probably pick up a couple of defeats maybe against, you know, Norwich and, and Swansea. Yeah, I, I do think that's going to be an ask. Uh, so nine points behind Watford, we're 10 points behind Watford. I know that Watford have got those hard fixtures, but I think it's still going to be challenging the way they're going. And I think the interesting thing to pick up on Brentford, you mentioned the comeback for Derby, is that before 
they were always conceding that first goal because they just knew they can outscore teams. But now it's the reverse. And it's maybe that mindset when you're ahead, you're not going for it as much. So usually they've conceded the first goal, but they managed to win the game because they're at the stage of just going out of it. But obviously Derby came back, Forest came back, um, Huddersfield came back. And it's an interesting one, but obviously no goals in their last game. But is it better to, for them to be conceding the first goal? Because they do have the players, they do have the calibre to score more than the other team. Obviously, unlike unlike Brentford and Swansea, uh, one of the form sides in the Championship over sort of the second half of the season has been fifth place Barnsley. Obviously, they had that massive game against Reading on Friday, and obviously we did kind of mention that at the end of the podcast last week. Obviously, that finished one-one. Although Lucas Zhao missed an absolute open goal for Reading, that obviously would have won them that game, and that could have been quite crucial, but. Obviously, Barnsley went and backed that up with a victory over Luton. Obviously, Daryl DK, I think uh, Louise spoke about him on on you know her sort of clip last week, and he's obviously come up trumps and and Barnsley have picked up all three points again. And, and do you think that's going to be enough for for Barnsley to be in the playoffs now, Chris? Well, it is tight. It is tight there. You got Bournemouth's game in hand, uh, which I think all throws Brentford and Swansea into it. The form that Barnsley are in, you can't really write them off. That Reading game was really important. I think we headlined it as a must-win game for both to secure that playoffs. But in some ways, a really good draw from Barnsley's perspective because Reading are not getting more points than them. They've got that two points uh, gap on Reading. Be interesting to see with Bournemouth's game in hand whether they win that. But they're not secure in any way because there's still one team that's going to have to miss out out of Brentford, Swansea, Barnsley, Reading and Bournemouth. And it's going to be hard to call and you know, we just call things and they just never happen anyway. So I'm not going to make any bold claims anymore, but the team informed, so they should be getting a playoff position. Obviously, on the other foot, you've got Red in there. Obviously, did get that that massive win over Derby uh, Monday, uh, 3-1 win. But before that, obviously, they'd only had three draws and a defeat. So that was, you know, probably what's going to start to kind of draw them out of the playoffs potentially but you know, they've got some big games now coming up. They play uh, Reading, no, sorry, they play Watford away. And they've got Cardiff at home, you know, both sides that are sort of in that top eight. So is that, is that going to be a quite a sort of defining factor that they're running is arguably one of the hardest in that sort of bottom bracket of the playoffs? Yeah, I think Reading's fixtures are difficult. We're going to preview the Watford uh, game uh, in a bit. But the Cardiff game would be interesting. Obviously, they lost 5-0 somehow uh, on the weekend. They've got us to play and they've got Norwich to play, which are difficult games. And I have said, we, a few weeks back, I think we were saying Reading will be the team that drop out of the playoffs. Good result against Derby, but Derby haven't been playing that well recently. So it's hard to read into that uh, result. But they did play well against uh, Barnsley. And as we mentioned, they probably deserve to win that game. So Reading, it'll be interesting to see if they can carry on this form that they've slightly mounted the last two games or so. But they do have a hard game next against Watford. And I think that's going to shape whether they are going to be in the playoffs or not just depending more on the performance rather than the result because you would expect Watford to win that but yeah I think it's going to be an interesting one I still do think they're going to be a team that drop out but I don't really want to make these claims because whatever we say always the reverse happens and it's probably going to be Swansea that drop out of the playoffs now um, but yeah it'll be an interesting one to see if Reading can uh, do it a younger squad as well a small squad so it'll be yeah, it'll be, it'll be a challenge for them, especially even if they make the playoffs. I don't fancy them to progress beyond the semi-finals. 
So particularly with uh, Bournemouth's form, you know, they've really turned it around, haven't they, under Woodgate? You know, obviously Craig was kind of talking about they've had a very indifferent season. You know, they've had that sort of really good start and then that sort of spell around sort of January where they dipped off massively and everyone sort of thought they were going to free fall into mid-table. But Woodgate's got them playing, obviously got the victory over one of his former sides, Middlesbrough, and then obviously went and backed that up with a, a good tuna win away at Blackburn, who obviously had, you know, got draws against Norwich and, and Swansea quite recently. So that was a good result for them. You know, do you think Bournemouth are probably solid in the playoffs if they can, you know, keep this momentum? Bournemouth will get the playoffs, 100%. They'll, they'll get the playoffs. They've got the players. David Brooks um, has just come back from injury as well. So they've got him added into their many wealth of uh, different talented players. They are the form team and they are the team that will be favourites to go up probably through the playoffs as well. Two wins, as you mentioned, over the Easter break. Blackburn last minute was around 85th. They had a penalty and they, they missed it. That could have maybe made it a bit tense for Bournemouth because I guess they know Barnsley came back to um, win 3-2 against them. Wouldn't lose 3-2 when they're 2-0 up with five minutes to go. But you never know. If they scored that penalty, could have easily uh, been 2-2. But crucial to save that. And I think they will be 100% in the playoffs and... I would put them above Brentford and Swansea as certains to get, to get into playoffs. I think they're even though what they've got a five point gap on Brentford, I'd say they're more secure in the playoffs than Brentford will be come the end of the season. Obviously, Blackburn currently sat seventeenth, but it's kind of those teams below them that are, are scrapping for their lives at the moment at the bottom. And the the sort of relegation pitch has been the one sort of thing that's really kind of changed over the course of the weekend because. One point, Rotherham were only what three points behind Birmingham. They now find themselves seven points behind Birmingham. So, what have you made of the sort of the bottom? Let's should we start with Derby. Um, yeah, Dar- let's let's start with Derby. It, it, it's it's been mad. We'll come down to the like lower lower league teams in a bit. But Derby, so they're sitting on forty three points. A, a big win, we must say, against uh, Luton. Are they safe? They did lose against Reading, but probably understandable. They had been playing really poor before that. 43 points, are they safe, Adam? Um, I don't know. I think actually what might define their sort of safety is this weekend as they play Norwich at home. Um, and then you kind of look at those fixtures that Rotherham got coming up. You know, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but they've got some really quite sort of winnable games, I suppose you'd say, in the Championship. If they can obviously, Rotherham get some wins in there and Birmingham maintain their form and Coventry are sort of picked up some results, Derby could be drawn right back into that. You know, there's they're not safe as far, but I think one more win probably would be enough for Wayne Rooney to to begin his preparations for next season. And let's let's face it, I think Derby fans will be hoping that they're, they're not in a relegation scrap next season. Yeah, because I think Cameron last week picked out the home games and he said three games should be enough. And they, they won against Luton and was one of those teams. I think another one was the Birmingham game and another one's the Sheffield Wednesday game where he says they're the games we're going to win. But then you're thinking about it. They're the game, the teams they're competing against. So if they don't win those, then it could um, really throw a spanner in the works. They've also got Swansea. Then they have away trips to Blackburn and Preston, who would say they're not playing for anything. But Preston, obviously, have got a result against Norwich and Swansea uh, recently. So it, it will be interesting. And it's just so close down there because um, there's only one point between Derby, Huddersfield, Coventry and Birmingham. So let's go on to Huddersfield now. You saw them play last night, 7-0 thrashing. That is going to knock their confidence going into the last few games, isn't it? 
obviously we didn't include Huddersfield in our sort of our podcast last week because I think we both just assumed they'd be safe. But obviously it's not been not been the best of weeks for them. Obviously did get the draw against Brentford and they actually played quite well. I thought they were quite decent, but their home form this season has typically been better than their away form. Obviously they beat Swansea at home and they picked up some other quite good wins at home. But last night that could be that could be sort of a result that really you know, free falls them further down the table. I mean, they were woeful. Their defence was all over the place. I think they've got injuries mounting up at the moment. They're kind of, their forwards, they seem like they've bought like a lot or got in strikers who are sort of ex-Premier League strikers that have never really done it in the Premier. I know they've sort of got that Sonogo who used to play for Arsenal. He's never been a goal scorer. They've got that Omar Nias from uh, Everton who used to be at Hull. Um, again, hasn't really sort of, I think he's been injured, so he's not really got a shot yet. And I don't know, they just, they looked awful. They were all over the place. And they've obviously got some quite big fixtures coming up. They've got Rotherham up next. Win that game, you'd probably think that's probably enough to, to sort of secure their safety. But if they lose that game, Rotherham would be on 38 and Huddersfield, you know, therefore would be really in a situation where they could get could get pulled into it. Although they do have a game in hand, which, you know, that's doesn't amount to points, but a game in hand is better than not having a game in hand in sort of the situation of someone like Birmingham. So... Yeah, I think they'll be safe. But on the other hand, after last night's performance, I think, I think this kind of happened with Hull last year. I remember Hull got beat 8-0 by Wigan and that was enough to pull Hull right down into the relegation battle. And that's then, well, they ended up in League One. So could something similar happen? Yeah, I think it's hard to really talk about these teams being safe without referring to the bottom teams that we are going to come on to in a minute. But I think, yeah, it's a crucial game, as you say, against Rotherham, who are in the chasing pack with the games in hand on the other teams, as you say, Huddersfield do have a game in hand on the Birminghams and Derbys of the world, but it will be interesting. So another team in that one point on 42 points, so one point behind Huddersfield and Derby, is Coventry. And there was a big win for them against Bristol City, 3-1 on the weekend. Because I thought after seeing them lose 3-0 against QPR on Good Friday, they could easily be drawn back into this and, could potentially be the team that does go down uh, for maybe either Sheffield Wednesday or Rotherham to come up out of the relegation zone. But a very good win against Bristol City. Yeah, massive win. Obviously a good 3-1 victory against a Nigel Pearson side, you know, that usually Nigel Pearson kind of drills his sides to be quite sort of resolute. And see Bristol City have had a very sort of topsy-turvy season is probably the best way to word it. So, uh Massive win for them. Obviously, they picked up a few good results recently. Obviously, got that win over Derby a few weeks back that was crucial. That win was massive. So, obviously, get that win against Bristol City. And I think they drew against Wickham as well. So, they're probably picking up enough points at the moment that if they continue that form until the end of the season where they're picking up sort of a couple of wins and a few draws, they'll be fine. But, obviously, what's what's noteworthy is, obviously, if they lose to Rotherham, they've got them coming up. Um, obviously, they've got Bournemouth up next, who are probably one of the form sides in the league. Take a couple of defeats there and then the picture could look very, very different sort of going into those last five, six games where, you know, they'll be sweating a little bit and looking over their shoulder and thinking we could get pulled in here. Yeah, I think that's the key thing that these teams are playing against each other. So as it's mainly predicting who's going to win that game rather than who's going to stay up because obviously whoever's going to win that game is more likely to stay up. But Bristol City is an interesting one. We're not really mentioning these teams. But Nigel Pearson obviously came in with a contract to the end of the season. And you'd think, out of all those middle teams that are not really playing for anything, he is playing for something. He's playing for a contract. 
and his players would be playing for him as a manager going into next season. But three defeats on a bounce, including that Coventry result, he probably won't get a contract next year, will he? After a great start for them. Yeah, obviously you got that massive win over Middlesbrough. I remember they beat them, was it 3-0 away, I think? And ever since then, and sort of he got a couple of wins after that, but ever since then, it's just been very sort of, well, just topsy-turvy. Now, I kind of link him to Mick McCarthy. Mick McCarthy had a very similar impact at Cardiff, although his contract, I think, has now been extended. I don't know, I might, I might be wrong in saying that, but he's been very similar in the sense that they both had an instant impact, which you kind of assume with managers, but they've just not managed to maintain that. And obviously, you know, they're both experienced managers in, you know, the championship and just football in general. But I would say both of them should probably be looking at a different manager next season because, you know, they, they don't really want that sort of indifferent season where they get pick up a win and then a defeat and then a draw they you know they both have sort of aspirations of, of trying to get back to the Premier League you'd think yeah um, yeah Mick McCarthy has signed I think two year extensions in 2023 but it is it is we are going to get on to Sheffield Wednesday who beat Cardiff that I'm really looking forward to discussing soon but Cardiff have slipped up and obviously a good win against us blah 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 but they have slipped up and they're not playing as well as they were and it is that managerial bounce that Mick McCarthy had and Nigel Pearson had at the start, but they're not having it at the moment. And you think a long-term contract for these type of managers that seem to get results when they need it. Um, is it a good idea? I'm not sure. Obviously, Cardiff have still got to play the team that sit just above the relegation zone at the moment, and that is Birmingham City, who are under Lee Bowyer have uh, have really turned the form around. And, you know, without his impact, Birmingham would be in the relegation zone at the moment. Obviously, got some really crucial wins, including one against Swansea. And uh, what do you sort of make of make of their weekend, Chris? Yeah, I think this is something that when we were discussing the, um, briefly going through everyone, all the fans' opinions last week, we didn't actually really touch on. And I think we wrote Birmingham as a team to go down in those bottom three, probably thinking Rotherham have got these four games in hand so it's going to be one of his teams. But we didn't pick up on the point. Obviously, Lee Bowyer has came in and he's done really well. We discussed in a previous pod of his great result, first of all, against Reading. And then they played really well against Watford. 3-0 flattered Watford that day. And I think the first half, they could have easily scored a few Birmingham. But now, Easter break, a win, uh, first against Swansea, last minute of the game. Probably wasn't a penalty, in my opinion, of course. But they outplayed us. They, bottom line is they outplayed us. They deserved to win. And they had a penalty miss earlier in the game as well. They played really well. And I didn't catch the game last night. But a 0-0 against Brentford, that's, that's an unbelievable result, really. And they are looking a good, good team. And I, I don't think you can write them to be going down now. So it's just so hard to call. I think obviously what you've got to look at as well is Birmingham's fixtures. They've got no one else really in that sort of top half bracket left to play. Their fixtures are a Stoke at home, Rotherham away, Nottingham Forest at home, Derby away, Cardiff at home, Blackburn away. I mean, all those sides have sort of got nothing to play for or are in the relegation battle. So, you know, they've not sort of got those really tricky games. Although you could say they've picked up their results this season, arguably against the better side. So whether that will have an impact sort of going into the, towards the end of the season, but obviously that was under Itor Karanka as opposed to Lee Bowyer. So I would say a couple more wins for Birmingham in those last six will probably be enough. I think, especially if they beat Rotherham in that upcoming game. Obviously, Rotherham are the next team we're going to talk about because they've got sort of a really huge sort of, what, 10, 10 days now coming up. All their fixtures, as Grace said uh, last week, are all really sort of crammed together. 
do you see do you see that being uh, enough for for Rotherham? Are they going to get sort of some wins in these next coming games? It's, yeah, it's an interesting one because we've just gone through and discussed these four teams: the Derby, Huddersfield, Coventry, Birmingham on forty-three or forty-two points. And we've said probably they're going to stay up because they've got that buffer now with Rotherham with thirty-five points. But it is these games in hand, and we're going to come on to preview their games as we preview a few games in, in a bit. But as for now, forgetting about the games in hand, they're in a dire position to lose two games. And two games that they could have easily got results from. Millwall, they're not playing for anything. Defeat. And then, more importantly, they lost to Wickham. So, if I'm a Rotherham fan, if I'm Grace, I am worried. I'm really worried because previously we were looking at those four games in hand. I know we discussed that it could have been a negative effect in terms of you're having to rest a few players in some games and weighing up the teams that you're going to win. But if there's a game that you think that's three points, that's Wickham, and they lost. They lost 3-0. I think that's probably the thing. It's, it's, it's the manner of the defeat to Wickham. Obviously, Wickham have probably... They've got a very, very slim chance of survival now, but they're not really playing for anything, just sort of pride. You know, if Wickham were sort of grabbed a scrappy late goal or something, you can say, all right, Rotherham were unlucky, you know, etc. It was the fact they lost 3-0 and got absolutely outplayed on their own patch. That doesn't really give you much confidence when you look at these upcoming fixtures against sort of the bottom sides as well. If Rotherham perform like that, they're going to get beat in every single one of them. And obviously a few more injuries as well obviously could potentially crop up because of how close these games are together. I think that's going to be, you know, really a deciding factor. I think you know, they can keep players fit and they perform to a better level, i.e. the sort of the game against Bristol City where they went and won 2-0. If they can perform like that, they'll be fine. But if they perform like they have in the last two, I would probably say Rotherham will have sort of nothing else to play for other than relegation at the end of the season. Yeah, I think I think they could be struggling um, towards the end of the season. A team, though, Sheffield Wednesday, are also down there on 35 points. They're on, they have one game in hand on Derby and Birmingham. They don't have the four games in hand on Rotherham. But they do have some momentum, picking up from a good win. Incredible win, really. But I even Neil against Cardiff. Could that really enhance their run towards the end of the season? Well, yeah, five games ago, they played Norwich. And I have to say, I think Sheffield Wednesday have probably been, in that game, one of the best sides we played all season. We sort of had to rely on two two goals to, to get us back into that game and, and get us all three points. But ever since then, they obviously got the draw against Huddersfield. They beat Barnsley away, who, you know, Barnsley, I think that's their only defeat in about 17 or 18 games. Obviously, a very narrow defeat to Watford in a game they actually played very well in. And it was an own goal effectively decided the game then to then go and absolutely demolish Cardiff who you know had had a little bit of resurgence under Mick McCarthy you know they have been fairly defensively resolute recently um so to go and demolish them 5-0 in the manner they did you know you look at their fixtures now coming up they're playing QPR away who've got nothing to play for they're playing a very sort of low on confidence Swansea side and then they go to sort of you know they got another home game against Bristol City if they can get six points minimum from those three games why can't they stay up? You know, they've got that game in hand. Rotherham, as we've sort of touched on, have all these games and they're sort of out of form a little bit at the moment. If, you know, a few of these sides that are sort of above them have a little bit of a dip and, you know, Sheffield Wednesday mounts some results, there's no reason why actually, for Dan Fudge's, uh, you know, sake, they actually might stay up. Yeah, the best podcast in Sheffield Wednesday may still be talking about the Championship next season. I do fancy them ahead of Rotherham despite their uh, three games in hand. But then 
I still think the other teams with that buffer is is really going to be hard for them to lose. Sheffield Wednesday might actually be wanting their rivals or somewhat nearby Yorkshire team, Rotherham, to pick up a few wins against those lower league teams because Rotherham are playing those teams. We'll talk about them in a second. Briefly talk about can the greatest escape in championship history happen? Wickham, their last five games, 1-0 against Preston, lost against Barnsley, but we've talked about Barnsley. They're, they've been on good form. 0-0 against Coventry, but over the Easter weekend, 1-0 against Blackburn, a 3-0 victory against Rotherham on Monday. Can it happen? I mean, we wrote them off weeks ago. I was actually like Rotherham, uh, not Rotherham, sorry, Wickham are down. Although, you know, they, ever since then, they've really sort of proved us wrong and been like, actually, we're going to try and survive here. And, you know, all those points they've managed to amass over those couple of games, you know, could be massive sort of going into the end of the season. But I just think it's that gap. I think the gap's too big. I think if the gap was maybe, what, three, four points, have half a chance, nine points, I just don't see it with six games to go. I think they'd have to win all six of the games remaining. And you look at some of the fixtures, they've still got to play Bournemouth. They've still got to go to Middlesbrough. Even Swansea and Cardiff, you know, are sort of teams at the top. So I just don't think they've got quite enough. But fair play to them, you know, the effort that Gareth Ainsworth has sort of done there. That that sort of momentum will definitely help them, I think, next season in League One. You know, that they've managed to sort of give the championship a decent go and they haven't just been, you know, relegated sort of 12, 13 points adrift of everyone else. And, you know, they've been by far the worst side in the division kind of thing. They've actually given it a go and, you know, they've had a respectable end of the season, I suppose you'd say. Yeah, I think our result is going to be an important one on this weekend, depending on what form we come into the Wickham game. Because I think Wickham, they can easily beat Luton and carry on that feelings. Can they do it? And then they come to us, which will be a massive, massive game for both teams, uh, for, for both ends of the table. But I do think it is, it is such an ask. But it could be a Leicester City. They could do what they did, Leicester City did in the Premier League. And you never know, Wickham could be winning the championship next year, but highly unlikely they'll probably be playing in League One. Let's go on to preview the games in this last 10-minute segment of the podcast. We'll we'll start with Rotherham because they've they've got a fair amount of games this week. Unlike other teams, they've got Huddersfield on Saturday, then they've got QPR, then they've got Coventry, and then they've got Birmingham. Those last three are all at home. Huddersfield away Saturday away what's your feelings on those games well you've basically got Saturday you've got clash of two teams that are absolutely low on confidence as far as possible like you know obviously Rotherham took an absolute 3-0 battering off Wickham at home and Huddersfield are coming into this after a 7-0 defeat with a lot of injuries so really neither side's going to come into this game with like we're going to go and beat the other side kind of confidence so it's going to be an interesting one I think this is actually a very defining game for both teams I think whichever side wins this definitely bolsters their chances of, of staying in the championship next season. I think obviously if Huddersfield win, they can probably begin to prepare for the championship. Although if Rotherham win, I think Huddersfield will start to be looking at those fixtures and thinking, actually, we've got you know a job to do here because we are not safe. So it's going to be an interesting one. I mean, the worst result really for both is going to be a draw because I really, you know, that doesn't really help either side um, in terms of the sort of picture. I think it will remain the same that both kind of, you know, have half a chance of survival and half don't kind of thing. I think I think for Huddersfield, though, they'll take a draw. I think I think Huddersfield, they'll put them on 44 points. They've, of course, got a game in hand. I think I think they, they'll be happy with a draw, unlike Rotherham, 
who need to pick up points. Rotherham need to get the points on them. Huddersfield know that I guess Sheffield Wednesday can still come up or Wickham, you never know. But draw um, at home to Rotherham probably would be, make them secure-ish. So I think they'll be happy with that. I think Rotherham just has to come out and they need to win. They've got no choice but to win. And I mentioned it last podcast that do they pick some games to put their best 11 out, maybe rest some uh, players in another game. So I'm looking at that QPR game. Of course, QPR are not playing, so they could think that's a win there. But a Coventry game on Thursday night is so much more important in terms of reaching the gap, Coventry losing points, them winning points. Do you think Tuesday night they could rest a few players, maybe try to get a draw in that game against QPR with a bit of a weakened team and then play a full team on Thursday? How, how is he going to do it? I think it's difficult because Rotherham's squad's not very big as it is. So actually their depth of players is very, very limited as it is. And what I'd probably say is all four of those games on paper are, are must-wins. I think if they had sort of maybe Bournemouth or, or Norwich or, I don't know, even even Watford in that gap, you'd probably say, yeah, rest all, rest all your players. You know, you're not going to win this game. But QPR really is a winnable game. So I don't even think they can afford to do that because they need to win every single game they can between now and the end of the season to give them any chance, you know, even if they beat Coventry and Birmingham, that probably isn't, that isn't going to be enough to keep them up. You know, they've got to, they've probably got to get, what, five, six wins at least to, to give themselves half a chance because those other sides above them are still picking up points. So I would say this week's massive. Rotherham realistically need at least three wins from these four games to, to really give them a chance because what are they, seven points adrift at the moment? So they really do, they really do need a good week. Yeah, seven points behind Birmingham with the Birmingham game the following Sunday. With all those three teams, Huddersfield, Coventry and Birmingham to play this week, it's got to be probably the biggest week in Rotherham fans' history, you would think, to stay in the Championship going into next season. It's massive. They need to get results this week. I, I think you need to get nine points. I think you need to be making sure those points are coming against those teams if you're not win, if you're not winning those games, you need to at least draw against um, Huddersfield, Coventry, or Birmingham. QPR game, of course, great to get a win, but they're not losing out with another team getting results. It's a big week for Rotherham. Another game on Friday night. So for the listeners listening uh, today, with the podcast coming out at eleven a.m., Watford, Reading, important game for the playoff perspective, of course. With probably going for Reading as the team just to miss out in the playoffs. Watford wants to secure that automatic spot. I'm not sure which team I want to win. I think now I would want Watford to win because that automatic position is probably looking far out of our hands and I need the team to slip up. So what's your feelings on that game, Adam? I mean, obviously I'm the opposite way around. I'd, r- I'd rather rather Reading win this game. So Norwich are sort of more secure in terms of winning the title, but in realistic terms, I actually think a draw wouldn't be a bad result for either side, obviously dependent on what Brentford do on the Saturday for Watford. But I think obviously a draw for Reading, they would definitely take that away at Watford. Obviously for Watford's sake, as long as they don't lose that game, they maintain the momentum that they're starting to build. Although you could say if they draw two games on the bounce, that could be you know potentially damaging. It's a massive game. It's an absolutely huge game. Obviously what I'd say is Watford's home form is just... Well, it's just been relentless, hasn't it? I think they've got 50 points now from 20 games at home. So you'd probably back them on that sort of ratio of 2.5 points per game at home to go out and beat Reading. Obviously, Reading have been a little bit inconsistent. Obviously, got that good win against Derby. But I would probably be backing Watford to win this. And I would probably say that's going to be enough for them to 
probably begin to start sort of preparing the champagne ready for promotion to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I'm going to be supporting Watford because ten points gap is going to be hard. Their fixtures I know are difficult, but yeah, they do look like they've got that second position with a win against Reading. I think that is confirmed. It's a big game. Reading are going to be wanting to win. They need to get points to secure the playoffs. So it's going to be a really good one. Friday night, 7.45. The Sky game on Saturday is my team, Swansea, away to Millwall. Are we going to go five defeats in a row? Yeah, and I, think it's, I think it's a hard one to call, to be fair. Obviously, Millwall are in very good form at the moment. Four wins from their last five. Um, obviously, some big wins over Easter there and... You know, if it wasn't for sort of a few sort of draws, they're very much a draw specialist side. If they'd have won a few more games this season, they actually could be in the playoff picture, you know, going in towards the end of the season. Their home form is typically very good. They've only lost four at home this season out of 20 games. So the Swansea going there, you know, Millwall are going to be sort of looking at those sort of results that Swansea have had. And, you know, they're low on confidence. Millwall are very high on confidence, especially going to the Den, which is also a very difficult place to go. I actually think this might be a draw. I think, Swansea, that's probably not a very good result because if those sides below them are starting to get wins, Swansea are going to be starting to free fall and the nerves are going to be getting even sort of even bigger. So it's, it's a big game, obviously on Sky. I would probably say a draw for this one. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one because, yeah, you say Millwall are flying. So it's not one of those games that, well, I guess, the, the Birminghams or the Prestons where we think we've got to be winning this game and we're disappointed. I think everyone will be disappointed if we don't at least draw or get a shot on target but I think it was the Millwall game if I remember back to last year when we play had to be forced to play five in the back to an injury that game and that started our five in the back so I will go back I think we should go back to it everyone was calling for the four Steve Cooper listened to them didn't work any better this um, against Preston and I think our players we are, we are better for the five in the back of course next season I want to see Swansea playing the Swansea way we're not, we're not playing that Swansea way. We're not that team. We seem to be hoofing the ball up the pitch. But uh, I'm happy just to let that go for a few games towards the end of the season. Let's try and get promoted and then rethink about it going into next season. Because it's players that we have. We're not, we're not, we're not able to play that amazing football because we don't have better players than these other teams. So, yeah, it'll be a really hard game against Millwall to try and get back into winning ways. I think we've got to go back to the five. Just stick with that. It has worked. It hasn't worked recently, but it has worked previously. We need to just be better than the other team, not worry about how we should be playing, but just play better. It's easier said than done, though, isn't it? Redford, though. Preston away. They're slipping up as well as us. Four draws and a bounce for them. No wins. Are they going to end that run and beat Preston? Obviously, I'm I'm going to be back in pressing this game because if Swansea have slipped up in the lunchtime kickoff and Brentford are beaten by Preston or only pick up a draw and Norwich pick up a win, Norwich can mathematically be promoted on Saturday against Derby. So I'm kind of obviously going to be back in back in Preston for this, and and I wouldn't see a reason why Preston can't get a result out of this game. You know, picked up four points against Norwich and Swansea in the last two, and it's seemingly that Frankie McAvoy has turned them round and. Yeah, they're playing some playing some good stuff. Obviously, deservedly beat you guys on on uh, Monday, and yeah, I, I think they've got nothing to play for, but they'll be building for next season. And what's probably also worth noting is that Frankie McAvoy is probably going to be looking at that and thinking, can I get this job on a permanent basis? And obviously, if he maintains some good form going into the end of the season, there's no reason why Preston, sort of, you know, the the top hierarchy of Preston won't be looking at him and saying, 
let's give this guy a chance next season and hopefully they can try and sort of mount a amount of sort of playoff or, or promotion push next season. Yeah, yeah, it's been interesting because in set, since um, Alex Neil left, they have managed to pick up some uh, last two games, done a bit better. So it will be interesting. He is playing, as you say, for a job. Um, and it'd be interesting to see come the end of the season if Preston's want to give him that job. They played well in terms of coming out at us. Uh, they pressed us high for a team that are not really playing for much. Uh, they did show their energy. And I want them to do that against Pre- uh, Brentford, who like to play the ball as well. It'll be interesting to see if they do that at home as well for Preston. I think, as you say, it could be it could be one of those games. It's not a set win again for Brentford, but I think they're not they're not like playing really drastically bad like we are. I think they will get a result because they need to get a result. But it'll be interesting because if they mess up again, then in their back of their heads, I'll be thinking last year lost to Barnsley on the last game of the season bottle the playoff final I don't know what's happened to them so they need to win like us two very important games an important game though for both ends of the both ends of the table Bournemouth Coventry Bournemouth going to win that Adam obviously Bournemouth will be hoping that those sides you know that Millwall and Millwall and the likes of Preston are beating Brentford and Swansea because they can actually strengthen their position in the playoffs and probably try and look for sort of a third place finish there's no reason why they can't finish third now which you know, you go back, what, three, four weeks ago, would you have really given Bournemouth a chance of finishing third? Definitely not. So they would rather try and finish as high as they can in the playoffs because, you know, you probably don't want to be facing the likes of Barnsley in the playoffs. So if you finish, say, fourth or fifth, they're most likely the teams that are going to be finishing there. So I think they'd rather try and get to that third place finish and potentially play maybe a low on confidence Swansea if Swansea dropped to sixth or Reading or whoever that may be that finishes sixth. So... It's a massive game for them. Although obviously Coventry, you know, they need to win as much, you know, as much as Bournemouth do for their respective battle at the bottom, especially if uh, Rotherham have picked up a, a pick of a win or those kind of other sides at the bottom obviously are picking up wins at the moment. So it's a massive game. I think Bournemouth will probably have enough just based on the quality of player that they have. I think obviously I said it on here last week. I think if you look sort of in the championship, I would say they've got one of the best, if not the best squad on paper. So you're probably going to be looking at Bournemouth and saying that's going to be a three point three points for them and their sort of playoff sort of strength strengthening of the playoffs will uh, will only grow especially if Reading have been defeated the evening before yeah it'll be interesting I think Bournemouth will they are set for those playoff position and it'll be good to see come Tuesday because they've got their game in hand then against Huddersfield that's a way to Huddersfield of course Swansea are also playing on Tuesday night as well away till Sheffield Wednesday we mentioned the Rotherham games to come so these teams starting to play these games in hand Table's starting to shape up. We're going to discuss all of that. We're going to be with you back on Tuesday, not this week, but the following week to discuss all of that. Dissertation and all that jazz is coming to the last week, so we need to prioritise that. Um, But we will be back to discuss all those teams. Adam's going to probably be happy, aren't you? You might be celebrating Norwich officially going up in that podcast. Yeah, we've got two games before then. Um, we're only needing, I think it's a maximum of five points now to to gain promotion, but obviously could potentially be Brentford and Swansea dropping points again before then. So more than likely, I'd be confident in saying that I might open up a bottle of champagne on this podcast and, and celebrate an Irish promotion on, on that day. He might be opening that. So make sure you're tuning into that. So Tuesday week, we might also be joined, hopefully by a special guest of some kind that week as well. So have a look out on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, what are you doing? We're only maybe eight away 
from 200 followers. So please give us a follow on that. And then you'll be able to keep updated with a few changes in times. But from that following Tuesday, we'll be sticking mainly with that usual Tuesday slot, 11 a.m. Sorry about the change around this week. Enjoy your week.